Today's show is brought to you by Brush, an electrical toothbrush company that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With the powerful sonic technology and the ultra-gentle bristles, the brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like the feeling you get when you leave the dentist, a fresh whole mouth cleaning. Our listeners today will get an exclusive 15% off of their total purchase when they purchase the brush toothbrush with the promo code POD15. Follow the link in the description. Click on it. Use it. Use the code when you check out 15% off POD15 for all our listeners today. Check it out. Yeah, we talking facts over feelings. Check my statistics. If we talking about go, you gotta give me a mention. This is rational hour. If we being realistic, this is rational hour. They said I couldn't do it, but I did it work. Ethic like mama, you know that boy is a problem. Tell me when to get him, then I got him. This is rational hour. I'm just keeping it a hundred. This is rational hour. Everything you doing, I done done it. Welcome to the Rational Hour, Ryan. Our very special guest in the building, my man, RJ Soward. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Ryan. How you doing, man? Man, another day. Uh, RJ, uh, thank you, man, uh, for coming on the show, chopping it up with you for a minute, man, just going over uh, just your life and your career, man, and just pick your brain about everything. Yeah. Okay. So... RJ, man, you know, you represent the IE, born and raised, uh, a lot of legends in your household. What was it like for you growing up in, in the Soward household? Uh, man, my father was really, really strict, you know, um, and I never understood why, but, you know, getting older, you definitely understand, um, you start to see why things happened the way that they did. And... You know, my dad was really, really strict because he never grew up knowing his father at all. And so he didn't want he didn't know how to love me in a fatherly way because nobody ever loved him. You know what I mean? So when you see that, then, you you know, and I'm like, why is my dad always on me? Why? You know, you're complaining and you're mad about it. But it's like uh, he was just doing the best that he could because he didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You know, my little sister, my little sister brought that to my attention. And, I, you know, and so growing up, I think growing up now that I look back on it, I, I, I respect it and I understand why my dad did it. It was to try to make me do the right thing to, re- to make the right decisions and not steer and veer off like the way I did. Yeah, I, I know. It's funny you say that because, you know, my father was the same way. And you when you're young, you know, you don't really see the big picture. Right. Um, it's it's a father's job to kind of stir you in that right direction, and it, it's just it's hard because it's frustrating because you don't you just don't see it. It just right. it's, it was one thing about life. It just you got to just play it out and how to let it play its course. As much as right. you want to go ahead, you can't, man. So right. it's just it's just a part of what we go through, just the progressions of life. Um, right. What would the eighteen year old RJ tell? 
this RJ now, what would you go? What would you tell the 18 year old RJ that you would today? I would I would tell 18 year old RJ go to class, go to class and 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 do everything that's required of you by you know by SE. Mm-hmm. Just do that, and if you, you know, if you just do what you're supposed to do, everything else will fall into place. But if you try to make things happen, and you try to cut corners, and you try to beat the system, and you try to, you know, be janky, mm-hmm. it's not going to work out for you. It's going right. to cause problems, and then you're going to have one problem is going to lead to another problem, then another problem, and then it's just a snowball effect, and then you're trying to clean up stuff that you can't clean up and then all of a sudden it all explodes at one time and you know now you're on the sideline so i definitely would just tell uh you know myself at 18 go to class because it's going to teach you discipline now speaking of class rj what was it like going to eisenhower full high that whole environment you know they always say you are a product of your environment what did it what was it like growing up in the ie it's crazy man um I was just talking to, you know, my artist about this uh, yesterday. I was like, man, I went to Eisenhower. He, he went to Eisenhower, too. So I said, I went to Eisenhower, and it was like, it was all black people. And it was like gangbanging. And it was like, you know, it was around that crack era, you know. Yeah. So everybody's trying to be like the hardest, you know what I mean? So and then I transferred to Fontana, and it's like. I'm in Beverly Hills and kids are doing coke and you know like <laughs> right so it's like <laughs> it's like Beverly Hills 90210 <laughs> and uh, we're only like five miles apart so uh honestly though it was it was it was it was good athletically wise um you know but administrative wise you know it, it was a little difficult but now that whole urban legend with your transfer from Faux High and Eisenhower. What transitioned from that and how did that come about? What happened was I was being recruited by UCLA. I really wanted to go to UCLA because I love JJ Stokes. I love JJ Stokes. You know, before I seen before I ever seen Keyshawn Johnson play. But I loved JJ Stokes and I wanted to wear number 18 at UCLA. And I went into my coach, my football coach's office, and I found my, a letter addressed to me from UCLA in the trash can. Mm. And I told my father about it. And so after I told my father, it seems like all the administration, all the coaches, like I was, it was during basketball season. Like I didn't play anymore. It was like they all like shunned me. Now your brother was a great player also. How much did he mean to your career? He was at Arizona State. Did you ever think of going to Tempe? Oh uh, yeah, I did. I was. It was. Um, Rob Marinelli was there at the time. My brother was there. He recruited my brother, and then Marinelli went from ASU to USC, and he started re- recruiting me at SC. So I mean, it's that's a no-brainer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to Tempe, and I got a chance to go to SC. Like. You, you, who would make that decision? You know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids do 
just to get away from home. But I was like, man, Keyshawn, they just want a Rose Bowl, man. We got Brad Auden. We got Delon Washington. We got Sean Walters. We got Daryl. You know what I'm saying? We got some yeah. hitters out there. We got Sammy Knight. I'm like, I'm yeah. going with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. that, that right there is like, man, Chris Claiborne, man. The names yeah. go on and on and on. Like, who wouldn't want to go to SE? Yeah, and it's it's funny you say that because wasn't Arizona State at the time when this when Jake the Snake was Jake just kind of leaving? Jake yeah, Snake, they all they had won the Rose Bowl. No, they won the Rose Bowl my freshman year. They were they were on their way out. It was mm-hmm. their last year. It was my bro- I got to play against my brother at ASU. He guarded me. Wow, you know what I'm saying? That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the transition with the coaching staff at SC? I know you got there in 96. John Robinson is kind of transitioning from Hackett. Did that play a factor with your recruitment that, at all? That played, a, that played a big, a big factor. Well, I was there with J-Rob. J-Rob got fired in 98. Mm. And Hackett came in 98. And first thing Paul oh, Hackett gosh. did was suspend me. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, now, uh, he suspended me because I, you know, I dropped classes and I wasn't able to finish out spring ball. So he was like, oh, you're going to sit out the first game. All right, cool. But that gives way to Kareem Kelly and his recruiting class to beat Purdue and Drew Brees in the pigskin classic, you know? And so that started the the demise. (laughs) (laughs) Now, John Robinson, you mentioned him, legendary coach. What was your relationship like with him? I was able to go in and tell J. Rob anything. That was my that was my favorite football coach ever. I was able to talk to the guy. He was able to talk to me. I was able to relate to him. He was able to relate to me. You know, it was it was honesty. You know, it wasn't politics. It was the best guy is going to play. You know, and so uh, I respected that. I respected him for that. You know, Paul Hackett wasn't like that. Um, um, Tom Coughlin wasn't like that. It seems like every coach I had after that was, like, not a player's coach. Yeah, I've heard that a lot with John Robinson, just a great player coach. Guys just want to go to war for him. Yeah. Um, What were your thoughts on how he was treated? You know, a lot was made of him and Mike Garrett, that whole situation where he was let go on the answering machine. I, uh, I, I thought that was the most disrespectful. Um, I wouldn't expect that from a, um, you know, from a, a Hall of Famer, or a Heisman Trophy winner, especially somebody who, who's SE alum. Like mm-hmm. to treat John like that is like it, I, I I didn't appreciate that, and I didn't think that that was fair for him. But like John always does, he pulls up his um, suspenders and his bootstraps and he goes to work, man. He gets another job and he's still a winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's. I mean, that surprised me too, though, and RJ, man, just because of the, with the, the body of work, you know, Coach Robinson has put into that university, man, so many decades, man. It, uh, but, you know, but that's uh, the game just, of football. There's no, yeah. loyal, there's no loyalty in football at all. Mm-hmm. No loyalty in football. Like, I don't know if you've seen my documentary, but I say it in the documentary. I say we're the only sport without guaranteed contracts. And they say money is guaranteed, but there's always a stipulation on it. But in the NBA, if you retire and your back is you hurt your back or something, 
they have to pay out your contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you get released, your paycheck stops there in the NFL. Like you like, and then they and then they make this this big stat. You know, I mean, the NFL players are broke after they get done playing football. I wonder why they're broke. <laughs> and it, it's crazy because it's the most physical sport. You would think exactly. they should want to give them their money and man they but really dangle the carrot but that's why they don't because of the physicality mm -hmm. they know they understand they it right mm -hmm. they, they know the whole helmet issue they know they're wrong they know they should pay us but they're not gonna pay they're not gonna pay i went through the whole protocol bro and i have like i have issues where i can't sleep wow and i'm yeah. up and i'm paranoid and i feel somebody's coming to get me and you know it's kind of like a state of like they say psychosis or whatever but right. they said i was perfectly fine yeah it's, it's out every year <laughs> it's common man uh i know i know a couple players that just same thing what you're telling me man it's it's you know the players have to really fight for their money it's a real issue at a post career and the nfl it, barely taking steps now towards finishing that they should this should have been done decades ago but right the the man they really made it hard or these these gladiators that have played for the shield right like before i'm like people people don't understand how physical it was like there was no rule about a guy going across the middle and the safety even if the ball is thrown over his head like the safety could just smash him dude you know what i mean but now we have targeting what is targeting I thought when you play football and you're supposed to make a tackle, aren't you supposed to target the guy? <laughs> so, RJ, you get to USC the first year you jump on the scene, 96, four TDs against UCLA. Uh, what was your freshman year like and how much pressure were you to, to come in and produce? There was no pressure. I was the, the lowest guy on the totem pole. I was supposed mm. to, I, I was the only guy who wasn't supposed to play. I was supposed to redshirt. Mm. Nobody thought I was that good. We had the number, we had Stan Guidance. He was the number one receiver in the country. Uh, we had Troy Gardner. He was like number eight in the state. No, he was number eight, number like number eight in the country. I was number eight in the state. And so I was like the last guy, but I had went on my recruiting trip and I met Billy Miller and Billy was supposed to be the next Keyshawn Johnson. And I met him that night and I told him, I said, I'm coming to take your spot. He said, what? I said, I'm coming to take your spot, little boy. And he laughed at me. And that put a fire in me. Like I said, I like I stopped going to high school. I was up at SC every day at 12 o'clock running routes with the re receiver coach. I was going to get that spot. And you know, I did. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Cause, yeah, cause I remember Billy Miller was Supposed right to with be you. The guy, little, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, but he's he's celebrating as I'm going into the end zone with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Billy's the homie, man. Billy's the homie, man. Shout out to Billy Miller, man. I'm just playing, but you know, yeah. but that's that's really what happened. No, I didn't. There was no pressure at all. I, it was all I could just be me and go. Yeah. Now, uh, your time at SC. There was a lot of great athletes, man, just from the basketball program was starting to get where they needed to get some sort of respect after Stays Bozeman, Roger Rhodes, you know, those guys like that. Baseball team had Mark Pryor. You guys had Troy Palomalu. 
what was life like on the campus at SC during your era? Um, it was it was hard mm. because we weren't winning. You know, when you win, bro, campus is cracking. Everybody's out. <laughs> you know, everybody's in the quad. Everybody wants to see if the football players are going to be out. You know what I mean? Everybody's at practice. But when you're losing, bro, it's like, man, dude, I, I, this is, I describe it like this. Played against San Diego State after we beat Purdue. Scored three touchdowns. Like 200 and something all-purpose yards. We're going, we're at Chano's. I'm trying to talk to this girl. She's a white girl. She said, I said, hey, baby, you know how you doing? She said, leave me alone. I don't have any money. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm, I'm dead serious, bro. <laughs> wow. That's the spot, too. Right. <laughs> That's the spot. Damn. And right. So that let me know right there. I said, okay, uh, I'm not welcome around here. Mm. You know, it's because you know SC is you know one percent black. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different, man. It's their own village. I tell you that. Right, and you're right in the middle of the hood. But uh, as soon as you walk on that campus, it's like you're at Disneyland. Right. <laughs> but you walk off, it's like, man, I'm really in South Central Los Angeles. <laughs> it's their own bubble. Right. <laughs> um. Now that's interesting. You say that because. You know, the success that going back to Coach Robinson, the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl, Hackett comes in and just the total different demeanors. You know, it's like the players coach and the drill sergeant. How over the practices with, with Hackett and how much did his personality kind of, you know, I've heard that from some players and just from what I've seen. Do you think his personality was two X's and O's? wasn't X in what? X is in what? <laughs> <laughs> Break it down. So what what was his problem as a player? Would you would you say was his what biggest was his issue? Problem? He wasn't a coach. He had a losing record as a head coach. He wasn't a good coach. He mm. like straight up and down, bro. Like when you're interviewing somebody for a job, mm-hmm. would you take the coach with a losing record? Like, he's a known loser. Like, he lost at Kansas City. He lost at Pitt. He lost at SC. He lost with the Jets. His son is losing now. Like, I, I don't want to say that he's a loser, but his, his record shows that he loses a lot. And so... Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's, that's interesting, <laughs> RJ, because, like, they make this man, I mean... You know, Hackett's supposed to be, you know, he worked under Walsh. As right, a, you know, supposedly. West Coast Cougar. Yeah, yeah. So why, yeah. It just is it just for the pros? Or are you saying in college it's not translating? It was it was good for Carson. Because yeah. he, you know, because he, the guy, the guy, the guy does know football. I'm not going to say, but he's just not a winner. Okay, okay. You know, there's, diff- there's a difference in being a football coach and having mm-hmm. knowledge. But there's a coach who can inspire his team to go out there to get them to run through a wall with their helmets off. Right. He wasn't a that guy. Big difference. We wouldn't do that. I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. Mm, wow. That speaks volumes. Because I've heard <laughs> I've heard I've heard different stories with Hackett that 
there was one, I don't know if you were uh, there at that time, but I heard he tried to give a pregame speech that just went under. I think it was against Cal or something. He came out and tried to hit the, uh, the wall or something. He broke his hand. Okay, it was true. Okay, <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> what what it, happened to Dude, it, I, I don't even remember because I, like, I really tried to block out that time with him. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> because all I all I did was run for two years. I scored three touchdowns against San Diego State, and the white girl said, "Leave me alone! I don't have any money." Mm-hmm. I didn't score another touchdown until my senior year against uh, Louisiana Tech, and that was my last game. Mm, wow, that's crazy! I, I remember nine, that now. Yeah, yeah I had nine touchdowns. Was, I had nine touchdowns yeah. in the first three games. I was up for the Heisman, dude, and mm-hmm. the guy stopped mm-hmm. throwing me the ball. Unbelievable. Wow. That's crazy, man. Now, uh, let's let's talk about uh, your time. When you went to the pros, you, everybody know you're the first-round pick. Uh, what was it like when you got from SC to the pros? Like, did they uh, – How? I mean, because you had Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor, Ricardo, Jimmy Smith. What were some of the practices like when you first got there? Was it just – too much or you felt like it was just they didn't accept you um no everybody accepted me everybody everybody was rooting for me in the locker room everybody was rooting for me in the locker room you know um but i didn't understand that it was a job and that you know keenan and jimmy were getting older and they can't play forever and i'm i don't understand that you know i'm just thinking that you know everybody is everybody and so if they could see, they they seen the talent. You know, Jimmy came up to me after our first preseason game, and he said, "I've never seen anybody catch a spot, which a spot is you run five yards, turn around in the in between two linebackers." He said, "I've never seen anybody catch a spot and take it forty yards." He said that was crazy. Yeah. And so, I mean, I had the talent. But yeah. I didn't have the business mind that I have now. Right. You know, I was a walking business. I should be a millionaire times 50 over. But because I was getting in my own way, you know, and and letting my attitude and my arrogance and my accomplishments over oh, uh, shadow, should I say shadow, my talent. What? Uh, can you? talk about you know your receiver meetings and just working with some of those great receivers you mentioned like Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardo our meetings were like this and you know shout out everybody you know but the truth is the truth they were asleep I had to stay up (laughs) 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 and I had to learn I had to learn I had to answer all the questions Um, but they were professionals and when I asked Keenan, I said, Keenan, I said, man, I said, man, it just seems like everything is going so fast. He said, that's why you got to slow it down. And once you slow the game down and you know what to do in every single situation without hesitation, that makes you a professional. And that's what those dudes were. And that's why they get paid the big bucks. I do respect the game of the NFL and the players that are in it. I don't respect the politics. And I don't respect the administration. That's what I don't respect. 
Now, during your time in Jacksonville, you were there for four years. You lined up against one of the greats like Deion Sanders a couple of times. What was that one-on-one matchup like? Really? I was like, I'm about to eat this dude. <laughs> and I What's ate it? him. Yeah, Man, yeah. You know, Champ Bailey was on me first. Mm-hmm. I chewed him. I chewed him alive. They had to put Dion on me. I was chewing wow. Champ. I was chewing Champ. And I know Champ would go be like, but they wouldn't throw him the ball. Champ, Champ, he know I was eating him, bro. Samari Rowe, like... <laughs> I can go down the list of people I was chewing, dude. Like, oh, wow. nobody could guard me, bro. <laughs> nobody could guard me. <laughs> I'm supposed yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame, man, if it wasn't for my attitude. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Uh, hey, Deanna Champ, I mean, you talk about two of the best in the business. So for you to have, I seen the highlight where you took Dion. I was like, man, that's what's up. Right, man. and I, like, I deep, like. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay. Damn, that's 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 major though. I mean, you could always right. tell your kids, man, and you, they could tell their kids, man. Right. I want to find yeah. out where I can see the highlight. Yeah, yeah. You, I see if I can catch it for you. Um, what was it? Because there's a rumor. Okay, you had a contract with Jacksonville, but you signed a deal with the CFL. How did that work? Well, I got banished my first year, mm-hmm. but and. The NFL, this is how technical they are and how, you know, how they can dangle things. Even though I'm banished, they can still say that I'm on the team. So that's why you said four years, but it was really, I only played for Jacksonville one year. I can't get pension. They'll, they'll say that I played on the team for four years. But when I try to get my pension and I try to get anything any relief from the nfl they say well you can't get it because you didn't play one season one play if i had to play one play my second year i would have got my i would have my pension right now but before we're getting on the plane to go what coach coughlin did it to me twice where we play i got suspended 10 games my second year i'm supposed to play against green bay packers on monday night football I'm in the roster. I'm warming up on the field. If I if they kick the ball off, I get my pension. Wow. Coach Coughlin comes to me before the game and says, you're not playing tonight. And so, you know, I had I was hurt because football was the only thing that I knew that I was good at. And it broke my heart and I got drunk and I never played football in the NFL again. Wow, now you're warming up. Now, what's the reason for the late scratch? I mean, was it just a, a late addition? They, they said they needed another safety, another defensive player. Wow. Man, oh man, I've heard stories with Coughlin, man. He not being a real people person, not very likable. What were your interactions like with Tom Coughlin? Just like me and Tom, uh, Tom Atkins. I don't like that dude. Like, he, I understand me coming late to a meeting. It doesn't look good, but I'm getting fined a thousand dollars every time. And it's not like I'm coming in the meeting like 45 minutes late. I'm talking about the door swinging closed. It's like 
seven, no, it's like six fifty nine fifty nine. And he makes a big deal out of it. He tells everybody in the press. He's sending limos to my house, saying I can't drive to work because I'm never on time. He makes a spectacle out of me. And so I don't I don't mess with dude. Yeah. And so like I'll I'll give you one example. Every rookie has to buy donuts on well, I guess it would be uh Saturday, the day before the game. I had to buy them twice. So the second time I had to buy them, I had to be there because the limo came to get me at five o'clock in the morning every morning. I didn't have to be to work until seven, but I had to be at the stadium until five o'clock. And I had to do something constructive from five to seven by myself in the stadium. Damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. Uh. And so, so the second time I had to buy, it just happened to be Halloween. So me and my creative self I put on a Jason's mask and wore it the whole time I was in the locker room by myself and Coach Coughlin comes in and he sees me sitting at my locker with a Jason mask on with a hockey mask on and we have a smooth stare down for like 10 minutes what? <laughs> yes oh wow and he says he says RJ alright that's enough take it off and because he's my boss, I had to take it off. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tom Coughlin. Mm. Now, you went to Toronto. Great success right off the bat. You guys won the Great Cup in 04. Yeah. What was it like in Toronto playing with guys like David Allen? You know, Michael Bishop was there. Great K-State. Uh, was life in the CFL playing, being in Canada, you know, being a resident I, in Canada? How did you I like would. it? I would advise any player to skip past the NFL draft and go play for the CFL first. The CFL will teach you how to be a professional and go to, first and foremost, you can only work four hours a day in the CFL. If you go past four hours in one minute, the team is fined $100,000. You can have two choices. You can work from 8 to 12 or 12 to 4. The team makes the choice. They ask the players, what time do you guys want to come in? We want to get it out the way. We want to go 8 to 12. From 12 to whenever <laughs> to, to 8 o'clock the next morning, you have free time. The NFL, we went to work 6 to 6. Slave driving. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Like it's a regular yeah, job. Yeah, You're sitting in meetings for eight hours, yo. Mm-hmm. And then you go practice. But I love the CFL because they're a player's league. Right. You know, and I don't understand why the NFL doesn't take on some of their. First of all, the Canadians started football and we stole it from them. I bet, bet people don't even know that. Football started in Canada, <laughs> it didn't start in that. America. Yeah, football started in Canada. Football started in Canada. And then the Americans, you know, like to do what they always do. But the Canadians, the people love you. Everybody's a fan. Like, Toronto's huge, but it was like 
the Argos were everything. Andre Rising, Damon Allen, you said, yeah, like Pim, but our head coach, Pim Michael Pinball Clemens. If you look him up, bro, and look at one of his pregame speeches, they used to record his pregame speeches because they were <laughs> remarkable. Like to Tom Hackett, bro. Like, man, this dude would have us crying. <laughs> In the game, like right before the game, he had us crying, ready to go. Like, don't kill these dudes. <laughs> type of coach you want, man. Pinball, exactly. Is the type of coach you want to go to war for? Yeah, I see you. Man. Yeah, Pinball, that's that's huge. Pinball used to play running back at practice. We have on full gear. He's playing tailback, giving the linebackers flippers and juking people. <laughs> Damn, that's what's up. <laughs> for real, right? And that's. Yeah, coach, yeah, you can strap right. it up and get it there and go to war. Okay, you gotta respect that. Now, what was Damon Allen's a legend, man? I know Marcus Allen, brother. I mean, his he, I think he holds almost every CFL stat. He did, he now, did. I think, I think Anthony Calvillo just mm -hmm. like after Damon retired, I think he, he took it over because him and Damon were like neck and neck and everything. So, mm -hmm. I think he got Damon after Damon retired. I think he played a couple of years after Damon. Okay, but Damon okay. is still Damon is still the best quarterback I've ever seen play <laughs> football in my life. Wow, okay. Um now there's a lot of talk, RJ, with college athletes now and and getting money being paid as student athletes. There's so many universities making money off players. Ed O'Bannon took, you know, this to yeah. court, uh, you know, EA Sports, you know, their brand. Is this something that you think should have been in play or you feel this is doing it at the right time? Um, I think it should have always been in play because, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. Everybody taking money. Yeah. And the only reason they did that is to take an opportunity away from a black kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, why would they care if somebody is giving my family who don't got nothing they can barely keep their lights on giving me 1500 to pay my mama's bills why would y'all care about that yeah you know what i mean yeah. but i don't think the administrators the administ administration thinks for the for the athlete i think they just think for the the program like for what it is you know and i'm talking about the ncaa i'm not talking about the universities i'm talking about the people in charge in charge Right. Like they're looking at the bottom line. This is it is a business, and there are no feelings in business. There are no feelings. But when you have kids' lives in your hands, you're responsible to those kids. Yeah. You are. Now, I mean, give our audience the idea. Like during your time, there were so many 18 jerseys being sold. I mean, to this day. I mean, how much money could you have made if that was in play during your era? And like I said, I'd be a million. I should be a millionaire fifty times over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that. Colleges make so much money off bowl games, merchandise, ticket sales. Right. It's a drop in the bucket for them, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, just just for example, a guy on YouTube getting a sponsor to help him. You know, that's that's basically what it is like, because they're getting TV money, which the TV is getting money from sponsors. Mm -hmm. So this should be a trickle down effect. 
So, but it stopped at the administrators and their pockets. But we the one running, shucking, and jiving. Good times. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's it's crazy that they can't slice that pie, so these these players can get their money. Man, they making billions. Right. It's, It's it's ridiculous, man. And now they're finally. Finally, starting right. to do it, man. I think it's gonna happen within the next. I think California just signed a bill where athletes can start getting paid in, I think, twenty twenty four. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's good to see, man. Uh, I mean, we've seen it, you know, back in the day. The movie, the program, alumni come up, Favorite tap movie. you on the chest with the envelope. You know what's yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think. I know everybody's on this Josh Lutz thing. I mean, that was back in a couple of years, a couple of years ago. But you know, I took money from Josh, and Josh asked me. He said, "RJ, would you, you know, would you tell the truth?" Because they, they, they kind of they blackballed him. Mm. They, they blackballed him because he was he was vocal about it. You know, he mm-hmm. and myself included. You know, a lot of people took advantage of him and Doc um, Doc Harold Harold Doc Daniels. Who were two guys um, out of out of Los Angeles who, you know, were agents and they worked with Marvin Demoff, and you know a lot of big players. They would come after a lot of big players, and we would take the money from them. But when it was time to sign, we would sign with Lee Steinberg, you know. And you know, Doc wanted to kill me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Doc wanted to kill me. Um, he called the house, but you know, I did that to Josh because I said I did do Josh wrong. You know, and, and I was honest about it, and he shouldn't have been blackballed because everybody was doing it. Right. Yeah. Uh, now you are talking about Josh uh, Lush, the, the sports agent, Josh right? Josh Lush. Yeah. Yeah, Lush. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Lee Steinberg is you know he's world renowned, but he basically has like fillers that work for him. Was basically how it go? Well, Lee, I never took money from Lee. Uh-huh. I never took none. I didn't even want to go with Lee. I, I didn't even want to go with Lee, but Lee had the bread, so Lee flew me to the Super Bowl with the with some Playboy bunnies. So, I mean, it's hard to say no to a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? But Lee showed me the glitz and the glamour. He showed me the, um, you know, the contract side of it. And you know what? Lee was really a good teacher at understand, have, helping me understand the contract, even though he he didn't really teach me but he was he was he let me know everything that was right there in front of me and he he honestly you know you know when you get drafted there's a pecking order of how the money is supposed to go so the first gets the most second and down the line i got more than the two guys ahead of me because i had lee steinberg as an agent wow and he had nine first rounders <laughs> mm. i was the ninth <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. Damn, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Now, um, now, do you feel that these video games are something that these schools should do, allow them to, to make money off their likeness? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I mean, and, and it, it's, it's jacked up even that, you know, people that love the NCAA game can't play it because they don't want to pay the kids. Right. Like that's janky right there, bro. That's just yeah. <laughs> like you gonna shut the whole gate, the whole Dang company down. down, right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> right? Because you don't yeah. want to be these little niggas. Like, excuse my language, Come on. Nah, my bad, bro. Nah. 
No, it's all good. Yeah, I, I feel you because it's like Ed O'Bannon had to open that door, right? And say, "Hey, man, come on, man, y'all, y'all tripping right now." Right, right. Yeah, so I just it blows my mind. They took it off the shelf, though. You're right. Right. Now, right. What I, now, what do you feel, RJ? Man, with women in sports is a big thing now, and then I feel like you know, brothers not getting they just do. Black coaches are not getting the love. They, you look at Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he get, he still hasn't got a job. Kansas City has the best offense in the game. Um, what do you make of the Rooney Rule, and then then there's also the involvement of women in sports? Is it kind of a a split of what the NFL is trying to do, or what are your what are your thoughts on that? Hey, um, they ain't go get a black man nothing. We got to work and go get it. Um, uh, Eric Bieniemy is was one of my favorite running backs when he was at Colorado. I wanted to be Eric. J.J. Stokes, Bino Bryant, and Eric Bieniemy, mm. favorite players. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But they're not going to give you anything. They don't even want a black owner. So if you can't have a black owner, you don't have to see. And like Mike Tomlin's hanging on by a thread. But he's just mm-hmm. such a great coach. Like you can't deny that, dude. That's what I'm saying. You got to work and go get it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We can all feel for Eric B. Enemy, you know. I mean, the Rooney Rule ain't nothing but affirmative action. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just a it's different awesome. name. Yeah, uh it's it's uh it's a head scratcher, man. When you see Eric B. Enemy and the success he's had and Andy Reid's disciples, how they've only had two years under Reed and they're gone. You see Matt Nagy, you see uh, you know, Reich and you see Peterson. All these guys getting, you know, off, and then the enemy's still there. Right. Don't make no sense. Right. Uh, um, I'll but, be. But let me. But, but, but let me just say one thing before you go to the next point. I think that Eric B. Enemy may be right where he's supposed to be because Andy Ryan, Andy Reid is going to retire. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I see what you're saying. Maybe yeah. if Eric B. Enemy is just patient, something might just fall in his lap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who uh, would be better to take over the Kansas City Chiefs than the guy that you know is the best offensive coordinator in the league? <laughs> so he could they could fall into his lap, basically. Yeah, I mean, right. if Reed do right. retire, makes like, sense. Who are they going to hire? Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that that team is incredible, man. I was really shocked they ended the way. Uh, they mean so much with the offensive line, but them to lose the way they did to Tampa, but that's a whole dude, other story. Dominic Sue, dude. Dominic Sue got they did that dude so wrong, the Los Angeles Rams did. Right. They did that dude so wrong, and he was the reason they beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Straight up and down, y'all. Yeah, that dude that, is such that. a beast, man. <laughs> like man. Oh man, yeah, Dominican is just uh, just a pillar in the middle, man. He just a role grade, man. That guy, man, he is so strong. That's country strong right there. Right. Yeah, RJ. So, man, uh, I have to ask you about the current state of USC before we let you go. Uh, I have no clue about it. You have no clue about it. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I, I, I wanted football. to ask you about. I just was so pissed off when they did Chris Claiborne. And not letting them coach the linebackers, man. I was to get your opinion on it, but you're not keeping in touch with the program. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I um I kept in touch with Chris. I know that Chris is at ASU. 
Yeah, yeah. That that just that, that I don't know that just blew my mind to have a. I, know, I didn't even know. I didn't even know Chris interviewed at SC. Yeah, man, he was there, and they brought him in as an offensive consultant, whatever. And then he wanted I to be on the yeah, defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And uh, I was just surprised they would do somebody. You know, Chris loves SC. He bleeds Cardinal gold. To yeah. see him go over to a conference rival, that just kind of surprised me. I wonder what you thought about that. You know, uh, Chris is definitely, you know, should be SC Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Same way they did J. Rod, dog. There's no, I mean, yeah. no, remember, yeah. we're, we're 1% black. Yeah, that's cool. 1% okay. black, and I hate to say it, but yeah, like they show their colors when they when it's time to. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's sad because we do put, you know, these kids put their lives on the line. Like there's kids that go to school and go to college and can never walk again because they were playing for the college and playing for the education and these kids you know what i mean so it's like you should respect that and then you see a a guy who goes through the program is a stand-up dude and he he has nothing on his name he went to the league he did everything he's supposed to do and you don't want to reward him with a job at his own alma mater right that's that's insane Oh, yeah. Don't show your colors when Man. when nobody's looking. Do it when everyone's looking. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's crazy, you know, RJ. Man, it, SC and black quarterbacks. I always talk to my homies about Quincy this. Woods. I talk to people. Quincy yeah, Quincy won. Woods, Jason Thomas, man, uh, Rocky oh, Hines. My. Oh my God! They should have been under center. They moved the tight end receiver. Rodney Pete's the only brother to really, you know, put it in work. But what is it with the black quarterback in SC? Why would they ever get, uh, 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 you know, a Kyler Murray type? Not meant to be. We're we're, we're nah, tell back that... you. We tell back yeah. you. Uh-huh. We tell back you. We tell back you. We're supposed to have a guy that sits in a pocket, takes it on the chin, and throws the ball to the receiver. That's that's. that's I mean, that's it's like we won't change our uniforms. Yeah, I, you know, it's crazy, though, because I thought SC would never go to what they are, like a red, you know, the spread offense. I, I always thought they would be, you know, five yards, cloud of dust, to the body left, to the body right. And to see this throw it 50 times, I mean, that's that's a transition, too, right? I mean, game has changed. And you. Yeah. Now, since now you put it that way, that's not tell back you. Yeah, yeah. Now you put it that way. If you are running, running shoot, or you know you're gonna pass it, and you're not really running the ball, you might as well put somebody with some legs yeah, there. Yeah, man, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm All like, right, now when you put it like that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, y'all hiring Texas Tech offensive coordinators. I'm like, man, y'all might as well just go man. run the wishbone next. I mean, I, I just think they could really. It's so much. You know, Texas Tech, Tech, they always have one of the top um, passing offenses in the country every year. So that's not a bad hire. And the receivers at SC have taken over as it makes it USC. You know, we're a wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver you now. I mean, since yourself, Keyshawn, like you mentioned, Robert Woods, uh, Marquise Lee. I mean, Kareem Kelly, you know, the the cats that's... It's paid the homage of SC receivers, man. It goes way back, man. You swear right. it, it really is wide receiver to you, man. I'm, Already. It's Already. A, you know, for real, for real. Yeah, man. So I uh before I let you go, man, I just want to ask you, uh, you know, I always ask 
certain guests that I want to know just to pick their brain. If you could have three people to sit down, have a, a beer with you, have a steak, who would you want to sit down with, dead or alive, two people just to sit and chop it up with? Um, J-Rob and, mm. and, Hugh, and Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Okay, one more. And Ricky Williams. That's nice. Oh, that's a good one, man. Yeah. He, uh, shout out to Hugh, man. I've been right, trying to get him on the Rational Hour for a while now, man. He, we've been going back and forth on the on the messages, so hopefully I can make it happen. Hugh, you better get on here, man. Stop yeah, playing, man. Get right, man. Get right a shot, baby. Yeah, congrats <laughs> to you, man. Coach Jackson, man, just got hired with Eddie George. Over at Tennessee State, man, offensive coordinator, man. So he's doing big things. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, man, again, man, let our audience know, man. I know you're working with the kids, man. You're working on the grind. Are you still, what are you doing now, RJ? Are you man, still working I'm with kids in the speed camps? Well, man, I'm full time music, man. I have given up football. You're not, not, you're not doing no speed camps with kids, I'm no one on one training? Nothing with football anymore. No. Okay, okay. No, I'm a full time producer, engineer. Music. Um, put out 45 singles, put out two albums last year mm-hmm. on um, an artist. Um, like, man, I had a crazy year. Like, people, I kind of thank God for COVID because mm-hmm. I sat down and I was secluded and I just worked to the bone i really slept i think i slept a total of eight hours last year (laughs) wow um now i put out let let our audience know like where they where can they support your 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 music how how can we download and and man um the 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 newest project i just released man slim goody it's called goody bag um you can get it on all platforms um itunes um Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, you can get it anywhere. Um, that's the latest release. And then I have a single coming out on um June 3rd, June 3rd called Winning. And um that's 18. You know, that's that's my rap name. So 18. So everybody 18. look out for that coming up. Yeah, my nice. boy gave me that. He was like, you know, where you had your greatest success is when you were number 18. Why don't that just be your rap name? 18. I was like, that's dope. Like, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> right. So, you know, look out for that. Uh, you know, um, my name before that was XV3. So you can look at which is Roman numeral 18. Um, okay. You know, look that up and, you know, you'll see all my music. And what's the name of the label? The label is 18 Entertainment. Nice. All right. right. RJ Sour. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, man. We definitely will post that on our website, man. And I'll, and I'll put it out in the, in the link in the bio for the show. And so looking out for my boy that's coming out. Young Trey Ball. Hey, right that boy, hey, that boy right there is going to be the one right there. He's going to be the one to take it to the top for us. So y'all be looking out for Trey Ball. Okay, RJ, man. Thank you again for coming on, man. And uh, we'll be in touch. All righty, man. Have a All good right. one, Ryan. You too. All right.